Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. You are listening to Karan Alessandra. Hi everyone. Uh, so today's topic is spirituality. Even though the purpose of this podcast is to make meditation more appealing to all kind of people and to raise awareness of its healing possibilities based on scientific facts, we felt it's time to bring up this topic. You know, we said in the intro of our podcast that you don't have to be a hippie who lives secluded from society to gain the benefits of meditations. And because a lot of people, unfortunately, seem to think of meditation as something mystical and woo-woo thing. And so they reject it. And so it doesn't have to be a spiritual thing, but it definitely can be a spiritual side to it. But spiritual is just a word. So in this episode, we will explore this word. And welcome everybody. This is Kara. Um, so as Alessandra said, you know, as we've gone through this podcast, we we have have not really explored the spiritual side so much, um, but it is something that is important for both of our own practices. So we kind of got to the point, I think this is episode 18, and uh, we are finally feeling um, like you know, it's a good time to bring this topic in. So we do recognize that for some people, meditation is not about um, connecting to their spiritual side, but um, we would be naive to expect that that's how every listener feels. So we do want to um, make sure that we are trying to be inclusive for everybody, including those who are like us. (laughs) Um, so if we just kind of talk about what, what are we even talking about when it comes to spirituality, it's this, this, um, reality that we are more than our bodies. We're more than what we, um, take on the surface. We are body, mind, and soul. The body needs exercise and food. It needs to be cared for. We have to clothe it. The mind is um, our thoughts and emotions, and that is nourished or or um, damaged. <laughs> it depends by our company and the music and books and the thoughts that we entertain. So, you know, it's it, our mind is is the inward side of us, but it's so influenced by what we are exposing it to outside of ourselves. And then the soul is nurtured in silence. So um, through meditation and through those inward practices, that's where we're able to really connect to our soul. And um, it's something that I love the the image of, of our lives, every individual's lives as um, like a three-legged chair. And you have the body, mind, and soul. And if you don't have each of those in balance, then your chair is not going to be in balance. It's not going to be efficiently used or able to be used. 
And I think that in a lot of at least Western um, culture, we have a lot of individuals, and I know I've I've lived this way too um, previously, where the body and the mind get all the emphasis, and there's really not a lot of time for the soul. And um, so you get that that imbalance because there's so much focus on the mind and the body. Um, so meditation is a wonderful way to bring that soul nature back in and get ourselves back into balance. Definitely. And talking about spiritual spirituality or being spiritual, you know, it's also a connection to something that is not material mm-hmm. and it's about going within and you don't even have to resonate with the word soul. Maybe you feel like, what is my soul? You don't have to know that. And that's why we meditate because meditation is a practice. And that's where I think the meditation yoga differentiates a lot from religion because religion gives you texts and it talks about wise people and telling you stories which you can relate to perhaps. But it doesn't really give you something to work with I mean, you hear about these wise, uh, kind people in holy scripts. and But how do we get there when we are so far away from that? Um, if we want to, I think most of us want to be uh, kind and forgiving and live a joyful life. We don't want to suffer and be in pain and have tension with others. And so meditation is that practice which takes us inward and makes us experience what is that, you know, what is it that people talk about or express when they talk about spirituality? Mm Because it really is about experiencing for yourself what that is. Right. And and we've talked about um, in the past, I think it was uh, the, the episode on the brain, meditation in the brain and how when we're in stillness and we're focusing at the point between the eyebrows or the spiritual eye, we are engaging the prefrontal cortex. So from a science perspective, from like what science understands is happening in the brain, we can understand, oh, we are strengthening the prefrontal cortex, which is where our um, higher functions of um, altruism, connect, interconnection, um, joy, creativity, intuition, all of those things happen there. But also this point between the eyebrows is um, stimulating. This is the point that the yogis um, call, the ancient yogis call the seat of the soul. So there's a dual purpose here in meditation when you're bringing your energy up to that point between the eyebrows. Not only are you energizing that front of the brain, but you're also um, actively engaging with what is known as this portal to the divine, to your soul, where your soul is housed. So it's, it's interesting how there's that overlap there um, between the two. And I just want to add to, because Cara just said the divine, and I feel when I started to meditate and read words like this, I come from a country where it's very secular. Really, really no one goes to the churches anymore. I know it's more common in the U.S. I think people are spiritual here, but they don't really relate to the 
word God so much, perhaps not the divine either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's really just a word. Mm-hmm. So whenever we use a word that doesn't resonate with you, switch it for another one. It could be the universe or Mother Earth or just... Or your just a higher good, self. Yeah, a good force. Mm-hmm. I was having this conversation, I can't remember, it was a year ago with someone in my family and we were talking about spirituality and this person said, well, I no, I, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, which I think a lot of people would say nowadays. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, what, what do you believe in then? Oh, well, I believe in a good force. Like, uh, and I said, well, can't that be what other people call God or like the divine? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a word we put to something. We label it to explain mm-hmm. it. Right. That's a wonderful point. And, um, and, and I was like that too. When I began meditating, I, I had a big, um, resistance to the word God and, um, and, and the divine I felt was a softer way because it was more all encompassing. Um, but for me starting out, the, the bridge was my higher self. So it was kind of acknowledging that there was a a higher intelligence within me that I didn't have access to in my conscious awareness. And that was kind of my gateway to, um, to becoming, having a fuller understanding and appreciation for something even beyond uh, my own higher intelligence and my own higher power. So, you know, it's a wonderful point. Don't get hooked on any, any trigger words that we might be saying inadvertently that might be triggering for you. Um, but just kind of relate it to a broader concept, whatever it is that's a higher force that you relate to that if you can, if you believe that there's something beyond yourself, that beyond your own consciousness that you can't quite, um, understand or grasp in your waking consciousness that's you know insert that and i would also say it's kind of a healthy thing to question like i know that spiritual masters would say that they don't want us to believe in this dogmas they are against that from all the readings we can take part of you know, they don't want us to just believe someone preaching about something, but we have to, you know, use our common sense and feel like, is this realistic? We we have a mind, a brain, we can think for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is it like, it, is this something I believe, with, believe in? Does it resonate with my heart? We had uh, Lily visiting us a few episodes ago and she was talking about how she was thrown out of her church because she started to question things and she started to see things like well wow this is this is really not what i believe in Mm -hmm. and i think this is a very good thing you know that healthy that people are starting to question the big religions i mean they're they're wonderful people beings serving through churches and religion but we know also that bad things has happened in the name of religion. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is good to take a step back from that. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean we have to reject spirituality or God, like whatever we put to that word. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's a wonderful. That's thing. what we experience in our meditation for ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And that's what I understand too from um, some of, you know, for instance, Christ, it is said that, um, you know, there are some interpretations of the Bible that say that actually what he was trying to, a lot of his point, it wasn't worship me and I am your savior. It was use me as a model and let me show you how you can, um, you know, this is accessible to everybody and, you know, you are a child of God and, so, you know, let me show you how to be a, a child of God in the most efficient way. And I think that, you know, to your point that sometimes there are, are some religions who who step away from that and they rather see that, you know, everything happens through what Jesus has already done rather than, you know, you play a part in your own salvation. I'm putting that in quotes, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, there are different ways to see even, you know, even Christ, even Jesus. So, mm. And I think many spiritual masters, they come with different messages due to, depending on where they come to serve and what time. For example, we have Buddha. I'm, what Buddha and Jesus are saying is not really different, but they come in different times. So Buddha came in a time where people... Well, he came to push them away from Hinduism because it was too much focus on rituals, like outward rituals and outward energy. Whereas, you know, what we really want to do when, when Kara said child of God, like that's really, you know, take your energy inward and feel your inner nature, feel that you have those good qualities. Mm-hmm. Like they are not better and we don't get better than anyone else by practicing meditation. We just come closer to ourselves. Mm. And uh, so, I mean, Buddha, he really peeled off that spirituality, God side of uh, the practice and, and really made it very simple of going within and using meditation. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have different practices now where it's a mix of meditation and some connection to something greater as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So we might call that like a devotional aspect. And I would Mm -hmm. say that, that my practice, I was just talking with a student of mine yesterday about this because he was like, so how much of your personal practice is technique versus silence, you know, just being in an empty space. And I, I was trying to think about it and I was saying, you know, I have a fair amount of technique that I use, you know, we, if we think of meditation as, as relaxation as the first phase, concentration as the middle phase, and then expansion, the last phase where you get rid of all your technique, um, I have, um, in my expansion phase, I have a, a fair amount of devotional practices where I am trying to reach that higher intelligence, either within myself or, or as something that I see as a guiding force um, that would be outside of myself. Also recognize, I'll speak out of both sides of my mouth, knowing that we are all interconnected and we all come from the same source. So what is separate? But 
um, something that, you know, for, for the purposes of this podcast, I'll say is outside of myself, um, meaning like a, a divine figure, for instance. So, um, yeah, there are so many different approaches and, and, um, but for me personally, that devotional aspect has become a big part of, of the, the drive behind my meditation and, um, of, you know, it's kind of gone from something that I really took for granted and, and tried to kind of almost separate myself from to something that is, um, a very big part of my practice. Mm. Um, would you want to tell us a little bit, a little bit about your story with the meditation and like, or spirituality, I guess? Um, I have always been really interested in spirituality. I've been what, what you might call spiritually curious, even when I was really little. Um, and I, I went to church off and on while I was growing up. Um, I went to an Episcopalian church or, or different Episcopalian churches, which is a, um, I don't know. Do you guys have Episcopalian no, I don't know what that is. It's kind of like the Church of England. It it reminds mm-hmm. me of the Church. So it's a Protestant religion, um, and it's it, I, I found it very similar to the Church of England. Okay. Well, here we are Protestants in Sweden. Okay. We are. No one is in the church nowadays. Yeah. Anyway, but. Yeah. yeah. And, and where I live, there are a lot of, you know, church is very big here, um, but we didn't, we didn't go that much. It was kind of like it ebbed and flowed. You know, there were periods of time where we went a lot and then periods of time where we didn't. I always loved Jesus, um, but I really felt kind of a barrier um, when I went to church, I, I feel like when I was home and thinking about Jesus, I could feel like a personal connection. Not that I ever thought that he talked to me or anything, but I just felt like he, he was listening. You know, if I wanted to talk to him, he would listen. Um, but when I went to church, it was so formal and, and I didn't really understand what they were saying and all, all the history behind it. It just, it didn't resonate with me and I, it took away that personal feeling. So, um, and I felt like it was just, you know, a maturity thing as I was growing up. Like maybe I'll understand this when I'm older, you know? Um, but I, I, I didn't really feel that I got through church what I would have, what I was craving. And, um, so I remained curious about um, about spirituality even into adulthood, but and, and I was always really intrigued by other accounts, other people's accounts of any spiritual connection. So if I ran across a documentary that talked about spirituality or angels or does prayer work or anything like that, it was like a moth to a flame. You know, that was a always something that was really interesting for me. One of my um, favorite topics of conversation at a party, like if there was a little lull in a party or something, I'd, I'd say, um, do you have any ghost stories? <laughs> like I always you know, loved ghost stories and things like that. Just that kind of, um, that interaction that some people have 
with something beyond, you know, those mysterious things have always been really intriguing for me. Um, but as I got older too, I, um, I, I stepped more and more away from God, I would say, and definitely stepped more away from religion. Um, I had a wave after my kids were born where I thought, oh, we should start going to church. And I took everybody to church a couple of times and, and I really wasn't happy with the message that I was hearing. You know, I, I remember one sermon was talking about how everybody had a duty to make sure that um, everybody believed the same thing that they were teaching. <laughs> and if they didn't, they were going to go to hell. And and oh, no. we were responsible for making sure that everybody believed the same message. And I thought, no, no, it doesn't have to be this message. There are lots of pathways. And I was very, very resistant. And and I don't know if this church was like that all the time, but I happened to go to one where they did that. And I was like, all right, this is the last time I'm coming because I left very upset with with that and message. this is the exact reason why people reject spirituality, because these people like, yeah. come with these kind of messages. I mean, right. yeah, of course you reject spirituality if that's it. Yeah. Thank yeah. God there are other ways. Right, right. And I felt it was just very closed. And, and you know, there's a purpose for that where, you know, we want to get our numbers up. And, you know, if, if people think, and maybe this isn't the drive, I'm, I'm sure in their hearts, they really think they have the answer. And there's fear there too, that they have responsibility for um, making sure, you know, I'm sure they feel driven and that, that they think that, um, that that's the only way and, and they want to spread that. I, I will assume that. But, um, it just also is very exclusive. You know, it's an exclusive approach where if you're not with us, you're against us. And, and I don't believe, I've never believed that that was, um, the, the message, the right message. And, and, um, you know, that it's not respectful and it's arrogant. And, um, so, didn't go back to that, and I really kind of gave up on on that. Um, but then that was the whole reason. I think I think that was kind of the beginning of my path of meditation because I I don't know. I guess I can't really put my finger on exactly why I wanted to meditate, but it was something that kept coming in in my life where I was. I felt that it was very important. And I wanted to learn how, and I tried it on and off at different times and didn't feel like I really got anywhere with it. Um, but it, I, it kept coming back to me as a way to, you know, have a lot more peace in my life. Um, but when I started meditating, I didn't feel a big connection to the divine or it wasn't really a driving factor, but I think that it probably was an underlying desire or like a subconscious desire, um, to that ongoing interest in meditation. I have, I, and because it's, it's an, a buried thing, I can't say for sure, because it wasn't like I said, I want to learn to meditate so that I can be, you know, closer to God. But I think it was probably there at some point in these layers, these sheaths of being that I have. Um, but it was funny because Fairly early on in my journey with meditation, I saw a healer 
who is in the path, the same path that I'm in. And, um, and I had a healing session with her and she asked why I don't pray. And I hadn't told her I don't pray. And, um, it wasn't something that she would have assumed because she knew that I was on the same path that she was on. And she knew that she would know that that's important, um, in our path. But she just said, you know, without judgment, but she was like, um, you, you need to pray. You need to open yourself up. And, and I, that stuck with me and was, um, again, it was a while ago, so I don't remember very clearly, but I think that that was probably one of the big triggers for me to begin opening myself up more and more in that way. Mm. Um, so yeah. And, and then here we are now, and it's a very big part of my, of my meditation and my life. And, um, and since I started making my meditation more spiritual, I absolutely have been able to go deeper in meditation and to get more out of it. Um, I feel that my intuition is developing more and it's more robust. And I, I do feel a connection to a higher intelligent power. I feel held. I feel um, guided. And so it really has opened up a lot for me from a, um, being able to get more out of meditation. So again, understanding that not everybody is coming at meditation for this reason, and, and I respect that. Um, but for me, my experience has been that through opening myself up spiritually, um, I have been able to take my meditation deeper and far further or farther, whichever the right version of that <laughs> word is. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. I would love to hear your your story on your spiritual journey. Well, like with many things, uh, we have a similar story. <laughs> uh, well, I've always been very curious. And, um, you know, as a child, I was kind of, a lonely child or not, not lonely, but I love to spend time alone and paint and write poems or I've made up songs. You know, I was in my own world and a lot with nature. And, you know, I felt the connection, I think, with, I mean, when you're a child, you don't really try and reason and try to analyze what that is. So, and I remember growing up, I was really searching for a purpose to life. And, you know, whenever there was a book about something about meaningful purpose, I would read that. And so I read many books on the topic of spirituality. So I've really, really been searching. And we heard earlier in the podcast that I've been traveling a lot. So I've been really spending many, many years of my life, uh, many hours searching and Living in Rome was definitely a big part of that journey because there is this feeling, of course, spiritual attitude, but I don't resonate with the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. and which I think is also... Um, I like some of the things of churches, or of church. Um, I mean, I like going to churches, I like going to temples, everything, you know, the atmosphere, mm -hmm. the energy there is just amazing whatever religion it is and comes from but you know like i haven't heard any messages like the one you heard 
But mm-hmm. still, it's like too many rules and too dogmatic, which I think is why people reject it, because we feel we're brought up with this story of God as a father figure, of someone judgmental. And yeah, as you said, if we don't do this and that, we go to hell. Well, that's so different from yoga. And mm-hmm. when I found yoga, I get goosebumps now when I talk about it because it was like, yes, yes, yeah. this, yeah. this, this is it. Like, because yeah. it's not about, it tells you that you have to go within and find it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, God or divine or universe can have so many forms. And for you, it might be a mother. For me, it might be a father, it might be a best friend, or it might be nothing. It could just be space. You, you, mm-hmm. you feel, you know, having that communication with the nature doesn't matter mm-hmm. what form you put on that word or what word you give to that. So, um, yeah, well, finding yoga meditation is really like, sounds so cliche but coming home in a sense Mm -hmm. and life making sense and uh, uh, I mean right now I sing in a choir and sometimes we sing in the church (laughs) Mm -hmm. really like there there are not people a lot of people showing up and here in Sweden the priests are quite open-minded I would say and there's nothing like talking about hell and even you know when I hear them reading from the bible they try to make it something modern like applicable to this day and age which is good so I like what they're saying but still it's like I mean I'm there singing and sometimes I'm like one and a half hour just sitting here well Mm. I get it why teenagers who has Game of Thrones and smartphones and etc. doesn't go and sit in a church. And, um, but I also think we do see another stream with spirituality. I mean, most of my friends, I would say, have one foot at least in the spirituality realm. Mm -hmm. And then that's actually a beautiful thing I experienced lately because I didn't dare to talk about it because I grew up here where it's Mm -hmm. not so common to talk about it. I don't know if it comes from the Viking background, being connected (laughs) to the land, you know. You know, we have this resistance to the Christian faith, which is the official faith here, but maybe more nature-bound. So, Mm -hmm. like to connect to something, but yeah, no rules Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all that. So... A few months ago, I opened up to a friend and, you know, I thought I would be judged or like maybe, well, not laughed at, but ridicule. And she just said, well, you know, don't ever feel like you have to hide anything. Maybe I don't believe in the same thing you do, but I always respect what you believe in. And I I mean, I want to learn. And it's like, oh, that's for all that hiding and being afraid. Yes. And I think that's beautiful with what what we are learning on the path we are studying with how we learn meditation is, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda talks about, and, you know, many other great teachers in the realm of yoga talk about looking at the similarities 
between the different paths rather than looking at, well, he said that and she said that. That's contradictory. Yeah, it is because, you know, they try to explain something to a, a completely different culture or day and age. Like, so it will look different, but look at what's similar instead. And uh, we have, we all have different minds and upbringing culture. So just the same way our, our spiritual nourishment will look different as we, how we take care of our bodies or minds. And um, so, well, I think that kind of captured where I am now. <laughs> Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. And it's interesting what you said too, where, um, when you opened up to your friend and, and then, you know, there was a lot of fear there of wanting to not put some, make somebody uncomfortable or have, you know, you're, you're being very vulnerable, you know, where you're like, okay, this is a part of me that I know that people might not relate to. And I've experienced that within my teaching. Like as, as I teach meditation, you know, I kind of approached it from the beginning, um, in a very secular way where, you know, it was, um, I just sort of assumed that people were there to like calm their minds and relieve anxiety and, you know, not interested in the spiritual side. And it's been over time that I'm like, Oh, a lot of people coming to meditation are like me. You know, they're not completely shut off to that spiritual side and they're quite happy to have a vehicle to help them engage with their spiritual side and help nourish that part of themselves. Um, so that's been a fun unearthing for me where I'm like, you know, oh, okay, well, I don't need, I mean, I still have to read the situation for sure. You know, I don't just go into every encounter and think, okay, I'm just going to freely talk about, you know, spirit and so forth. But I definitely have opened up a lot more and I feel like I can be more genuine and authentic in that situation too. And, but it's been interesting, like how, um, how that's come to pass. And I'm like, Oh yeah, other people are, are where I am too, you know, in an interest level. So Mm. there are two words that are kind of important to remember also in the light of our discussion here today. And it's belief versus faith. So belief is just, you know, we have this um, idea of something and like we shared our stories with spirituality. So we were searching for something, uh, but we didn't really find it. You know, even you said, oh, I, yeah, I felt something with Christ, but yeah, didn't really connect. Like, like you felt in your heart that there was something you were searching for, I guess. And then there is faith and that comes from our experience. Mm-hmm. So by using meditation and there are other practices as well you do experience something which you know it it is beyond words it's beyond reason and logical and i'm not talking about a miracle i'm just talking about a feeling which makes you feel that yeah well i i shouldn't talk about it i 
<laughs> I'd rather want you to meditate and experience for yourself. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that, Cara? No, I think um, I, I think that that's a a wonderful place for us to wrap up. If um, and leave it with that because I don't think you can say it any better than go meditate and tap into it and get in touch with your inward state and your higher consciousness and experience it. Yeah, and it may, might take a little bit of time, so don't expect it to come in one shot. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But if you give it an honest try, mm-hmm. something will come eventually. And we are always here to support you. So do feel that you can reach out at any time. I think um, I think that we're reachable through our website. So um, we would love to hear from you. And um, thank you for joining us today. Please subscribe. And we look forward to the next meditation conversation. Mm-hmm.